Hello, Polytopians. Thanks for tuning into the Polytopian Times. I'm your host, Sam, and today we're joined again by Hawthorne. Thanks for coming on the show. Happy to be here. One of my favorite tribes. Love to talk about it. Yes, always good to have the Luxodon on. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to be talking about Luxador, the ultra-rich, silk-draped, elephant-riding pimps of the square. Let's check them out. Woo! <laughs> Peons. The Luxador live in lush green lands with their homeland supported by a rich looking dark soil. Yes, children, even their soil is rich. <laughs> Growing in those verdant meadows, you can find a supply of loney fruit. Are you sure you're pronouncing that right? Uh, you know, I'm just going to go with it, which are based on mangoes. Uh, breaking up the meadows are tall snow-capped mountains and pine tree forests where you can find birds singing and grasshoppers chirping. Vantrixes roam in the forest too and can be heard trumpeting in the distance. They're uh, polytopian elephants and they have a special place in any Luxadorian's heart as they are the backbone of their grand empire. Luxadorians seem as valuable friends, useful pack animals, and the base of a hearty stew. <laughs> you can enjoy that stew in one of Luxador's many cities, although their capital will surely have the best version of the dish. Their cities are made of red stone with tan accent walls and golden emeralds used as ornamentation alongside the palm trees that line their streets, which are paved with tan cobblestones and lined with markets and a multitude of shopkeepers trying to peddle their wares to anyone with the cash. Generally expensive things, jewels, rare spices, and exclusive ornaments. The Luxador are inspired by Indian and Babylonian culture. These wealthy snobs prefer to live a life of decadence from the safety of their cities, preferably their mighty capital. They wear white turbans with a green emerald on it and are very concerned with their status. One of the Luxador's saying is, the price shows the quality. To this end, they only wear the finest jewelry and they would rather die than be seen with anything less than exclusive Luxadorian purple silk garments. They enjoy a sparkling diamond tea served in lavish jars. The finest porcelain of the Luxador mountains adds to the irresistible beauty of the jar's craftsmanship. They have equally lavish tea ceremonies and if invited, be sure not to decline as the dismissal may not be well received. Unlike other tribes, the Luxador democratically elect their emperor. Of course, the richest candidate always succeeds because Luxadorians always vote for their wealthiest citizens. How difficult for any of us in the USA to understand such a thing. Right, uh, bizarre. Uh, you know, like a campaign trail that's often littered with the promises of riches and displays of power to sway potential voters. Strange and exotic. Just imagine promises of riches swaying potential voters rather than the actual merits of the candidate. <laughs> right it's like uh it's almost like they're aliens <laughs> strange exotic things yeah well uh in line with their material taste the luxador worship exiting exiglus something yes yeah, so this one this one uh i'm gonna go that's with jealous the okay. god of wealth jealous that's good for materialistic culture yes yes out of his temples flow carts full of gold jewels fabrics and incense blessings for even the poorest of luxador giving them a life of extravagance now let's talk about some of their uh more in-game features so luxador has 200 percent fruit spawn rates and 50 percent of the default wild game spawn rate that means their lands are naturally going to push you towards organization sooner rather than hunting because that's the most commonly available resource they're going to have. Luxador doesn't start with the tech. Instead, they start with a level two capital with no workshop or explorer, but they do get the extra star at the start. They don't have an overalling start like they used to after the nerf. They're still a viable tribe with their advantage being flexibility in their starting focus. With Luxador, you have that flexibility in your strategy because you don't have to focus all your stars on upgrading your city. 
or conversely set out to leverage your early game military advantage. Instead, you can spend your starting stars on any tech that suits your start the best, be it economic improvement, faster expansion, or a military edge early on. Although Luxador does start with a slight one, being able to produce one more unit in their capital at the start of a game than any rival standard tribes can. Normally with the tribe, you have to buy your first two population with your starting five stars if it's a turn zero tribe, or you have to go and buy a tech if you don't already have one. But with Luxador, it's the reverse. You already have your upgraded city and uh, you can buy any technology you want with your first five stars or just spam units. And it's almost like you're picking your uh, non-pay-to-win tribe after the game has started. Yeah, it's pretty flexible. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about some of the map types? Oh, yeah, sure. I, I actually think, as in my official capacity as the Luxodon, that the ideal map <laughs> type for them nowadays is small, crowded maps, especially tiny, dry land. Um, against against uh, late game tribes like Polaris or Illyrion due to the, the population and income advantage early on. Uh, the other th crazy thing you can do, I know, really crazy, is you can actually just build three, uh, you can get three warriors at turn number two, uh, which basically just, you're able to build a warrior on the first turn and then a warrior on the next turn where the, the opponents usually can't do that. I have actually beaten Symanti players with Luxador uh, using this, but again, always on tiny dry land. Um, so anyway, if you just be aggressive and focus on outproducing more warriors than your opponent on these like tinier maps, um, even if it's normal map, if it's dry land and there's lots of land near you, you could almost think of it as a more well-rounded Maji. Um, if you build extra warriors to expand faster and if you get horses after your first resource tick. Um, Luxador buying a T0 technology is pretty much the same. If you decide to buy a T0 technology with your first five stars, it's pretty much the same as whatever T0 tribe starts with that technology. Uh, you play the same as that tribe, and the exception only comes when you see an opportunity for starting out with extra warriors. Uh, because as Luxador, you have the option to, again, like I said earlier, have three warriors at turn number two. Um, this is not to be done lightly, though, uh, just because you, you can end up not having enough tech early on, uh, but it can seriously aggravate a player that's not used to like a Zergling rush. Oh, no, that's, a, that's an excellent point. You know, uh, more specifically, in small 1v1s, we actually had one with each other recently. Yeah, we did. That was a good one, too. But uh, on those maps, you're going to want to forward settle aggressively as you need to be the one to lay down borders and theoretically have an edge and be able to secure more cities more quickly than your opponents. On bigger crowded maps, you're going to want to focus on rapid expansion. Yep. Use your ability to span them out more units to explore than your opponents in the early game as a way to accelerate your empire's growth. Make sure to get organization before you snatch up too many of those cities. You'll be spending. Now here's here's actually where where I would add something. You, you don't necessarily. It's very tempting to get organization, but if you see a situation where you're up against somebody who like like Hudrick or whatever, or a situation where there's a lot of trees, like with Barter, it can actually make sense to to postpone organization and and get something like archery instead. No, certainly you'll have to uh, rush down hunting first. Yep. Yeah. But uh, if you do opt to go with the organization route, being drawn by the allure of all those uh, wonderful mangoes. It's tempting. Yeah. You'll, uh, you'll want to... Lonies. In... They're lonies. Sorry. Uh, yes, the lonies. Not mangoes. Fruit. Yes, yes. Good, good catch. But uh, you're going to want to go and uh, spend two stars of the start to create some warriors to go off exploring early on. You have the advantage of putting out more warriors and finding more cities to expand with first. And you don't have to buy a tech to level up your city. So you can just focus on exploration early on. That's going to be the best way to get a return on your investment. 
And because you're only going to be spending two stars per turn at the start while you create your warriors, you're going to have three stars left over every turn. So that means that's going to build up with that three-star income to get you to organization real quickly, hopefully in line with your, you know, first brand new city next to your capital. And uh, you want to focus on that. With Luxador's Abundant Loaning Supply, you're going to be able to level up all those new cities once and just get a forge in each one to shoot your stars per turn up rapidly, unless you want to rush expansion in a more accurate way. In that case, an explorer at the border may be more apt, which would allow for both a guided rapid acquisition of those new territories as well as an opportunity for espionage, you know, potentially revealing enemy territory to you and certainly allowing you to see when an opponent moves into that region to take over the free villages and expand their rival empire. Your best bet is to be extremely aggressive with both economic and physical expansion on the game map. Win as much land as you can before you run your opponents, and even then, keep expanding and always keep improving your economy, especially in your newest cities where the cost upgrade is the lowest and the best return yep. investment can be had. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the best way to go about it. Now, uh, 1v1s on big maps, you want to focus on quick expansion and economic growth. Your best bet is going to be to expand quickly early. And that's just going to be to try and eat up more of the map than your opponent before you make contact. And then you're probably just going to try and keep them distracted with a cheap fight while you keep trying to expand other, direct, other directions. And nothing fancy. If there's three directions in which to expand, uh, as the Luxador, you actually have the option to make three warriors at start, as I mentioned earlier, rather than the usual two, mm. uh, which, can you, which can give you an advantage if you're on a big map in a 1v1. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, it's all about that rapid expansion. Just own as much of the map as you can, right? Yep, you're just like a more multifarious umaji. <laughs> yes, uh, the better, richer umaji. Well, uh, you want to talk about the best counter to the Dread? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. So I think I think given given Luxor's early game flexibility, there isn't really a cut-and-dried counter to them, but in general, the good advice is for a settle limit. If you're playing a T0 tribe, try to keep an economic advantage with constant development as well. With every game being situational, of course, there's no exact turn-by-turn -turn guide on how to counter Luxor. Again, they can basically become any T0 tribe they want to be uh, and win. But keep, keep your eyes open for any vulnerabilities they may unintentionally show, especially since it's possible with Luxor to do some pretty stupid things. Like, for instance, not research any technologies at the start and just build only warriors in a situation that's that doesn't really call for it. Uh, hmm. In the early game, when they're first expanding, they can actually be the weakest. Uh, on a small map, however, if you're worried about getting rushed, you'll want to not choose Polaris, especially if you think there's a big chance you're going against Luxor. Uh, they can just build too many warriors too quickly, and I'm sorry, you can't get Ice Archers that fast. Uh, <laughs> if there's a situation, it, your, your Moonies are not going to... I don't know why people go Polaris on dry land maps anyway, but on small maps, even if it's not like an archipelago or something, your Mooney will get he will get smashed. I'm sorry. They're very cute, but they they die easily. Anyway, if there's a situation <laughs> where there's a Luxador warrior rush in the offing, uh, and, and if you if you think there's a player that's liable to do something crazy like that, Venger is just crazy enough to uh, to counter that. It's a solid counter because you can basically one shot warriors that don't have a defense bonus. And if your argument is, well, what if they get a defense bonus? That I mean, they're not going to have money for warrior rush anyway if they're doing that. Which brings me, uh, funny funny as it would be to see a 1v1 of Vengir versus Luxador, where Luxador is trying unsuccessfully to spam warriors. Um, that brings me to other funny things about Luxador, like what do the Luxadorians wear to weddings? Oh, what do they wear? A Luxido. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. What kind of car do they put flux capacitors in? Uh, I don't know, Sam. What kind of car do they put flux capacitors in? 
Luxador. Okay. Of course. What, what other car would they use? And when is a Luxador not a Luxador? <laughs> when is that? When it's Luxajar. <laughs> ah. Well, uh, I, I came up with these in like five minutes. Uh, the, you know, I, I got to give them chief dad joke status. <laughs> so why would you tell me, uh, Sam, why would you choose this crazy tribe? Well, honestly, you can choose Luxador if you want a tribe that can flexibly shift its focus at the start of the game while still providing an economic and military advantage over most standard tribes. Uh, there are certainly exceptions in both cases. Or, or if you just really like turbans, or if you really need early warrior spam, since they're the only tribe that can get three units a turn two, yeah. as I think I've mentioned like five times now. No, no it's, a, it's a good point. And uh, it's something to keep in mind. And that's our episode today. Thanks for tuning into the Polytopian Times. It's been a pleasure having you here today. Yep, uh, my turban, the the jewel of my turban, will watch will watch you from from afar. Yeah, wisdom from the Luxodon. <laughs> yes, yes. Strokes turban slowly. Yeah. Well, uh, next week we're going to be taking a look at Imo, the mind-bending masters of meditation. We'll see you then. Yep. Good to be on.